Anya Reed. Okay. All day. That's a pretty main character name. Like, it makes sense that you are who you are, for sure, so far. You know what's crazy about that? I don't have a main character name at all. You don't? I got the personality, but, like, Jerron yeah. is very, like, not not main character-like. What is your name? If you renamed yourself, what would your name be? Uh, Martian. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> well, I've only known you, like, nine minutes, and I knew her nine months, mm -hmm. and I was able to switch to Alicia. Mm -hmm. I can call you Martian if that makes you feel better. Um, sure. Like <laughs> I don't know if we everyone's, anyone's ever offered that. No, break, no, right? definitely not. We can roll with that for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Um, so, I hear you have, like, three dogs, right? I lost all three of my dogs during COVID. Oh, shit. I did not. What? I got no babies. But Your dog, dogless? They, they all, I would rather live in a godless house than a dogless house. I got no babies. But I have the next best thing. My son Porter mm -hmm. got a wiener dog. Mm -hmm. And we named her Dolly. Aww. Or Dolly Pardon. Whether you like country music or not. Yeah, like Dolly Pardon. She's just. I've never heard her. What? Wait. You never heard of Dolly? But you know who she is. I've heard the name, but I've never heard of music. Oh, okay. Well, I don't yeah. think I have either. Yeah. She is... And I thought that was an actress every time I've ever heard her name. So, Dolly Parton... Fun fact, you know this, when we went to Nashville. Mm -hmm. There's a bar... There's a drag club, gay club, that does drag shows in mm -hmm. Nashville. Mm -hmm. And Dolly Parton is this iconic figure that a lot of drag queens dress up as. Mm. Dolly Parton... Came in second place at that bar at a Dolly Parton lookalike contest. The real Dolly Parton only came in second place. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's amazing. That's okay. crazy. You have, do you have Netflix? Mm -hmm. All right, you need to watch a movie later. It's called Dumplin. Dumplin. Dumplin, like Dumplin. like chicken, Dumplin. like okay. chicken like and dumplings. dumplings yeah. Okay, Dumplin has this girl. Jennifer Aniston's in it. I'm in. I'm, sold I'm, already. I'm, I'm already sold. Yeah. I'm in. Jennifer Aniston's the mom. Mm -hmm. She had a sister. Dumplin is Jennifer Aniston's daughter. Dumplin is overweight. Her mom is the local beauty queen, pageant queen, and she runs the pageants and coaches the girls on being pageant queens, beauty pageants. Oh, gosh. So you can see the dynamic there. Yeah. Well, Dumplin always felt unconditional love from her aunt who passed away. Mm -hmm. So there's this whole kind of triangle going on, but this person is not even alive anymore. Mm -hmm. And it is such an amazing movie about finding your voice and mm. feeling like, like, I'm so different from anybody in my family, but I call myself the white sheep, not the black sheep. Like, yeah. like, elaborate. Yeah. Like, you know how if someone is the one that's different in a family, they'll say, "Oh, they're the black sheep of the family." Mm -hmm. Which I need to now. I want to now. Is it because wanna, black sheep has like a negative connotation? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, think about like black cats are like bad. Like, yeah. Is yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. the whole thing? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like yes. black is is referred not into. not like white supremacy or superiority. It's mm -hmm. it's not like race. It's the black sheep. I guess maybe we need to Google that because mm -hmm. it might be that maybe when maybe I don't know. 
this would be my story mm-hmm. about it, not mm-hmm. knowing, I would say, okay, maybe when she, when the sheep farmers sold their wool, they wanted, like, the more white it was, it was more pure, maybe it fetched more. Mm-hmm. And then if there was gray or other colors in it, maybe it didn't. Yeah. So the black sheep would be the thing that would mess up the, the batch. Yeah. We have to Google that. Yeah. But yeah, the black sheep, I always say I'm the white sheep. It's like, because to me, I'm like, I know what's going on. Yeah. Right. Like, just because I'm different, how come mine's bad? Yeah. I see where you're asking. Like, why is your different bad? Yeah, like, yeah. why is different bad? Why is different the black sheep? Right, right. Maybe y'all are black sheep and I'm the white sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The opposite way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe y'all don't know what the fuck's going on, and I did. <laughs> yeah. Perspective. Yeah. For sure. Uh huh. Yeah, she's all about perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And flipping it on its ear. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, just to go back really here, the reason why I asked about the dogs, like, you would give them baths yourself. Mm-hmm. Did you ever like? Did you clean their assholes when you would give them baths? <laughs> yeah, I got like not literally lick them like their mom would. Yeah, but I would yeah. get in the bath. I I would get in the bathtub with them. That's crazy to me. Because <laughs> they were, I'm short, and they were little, so I would just get in the bathtub. I'd strip down naked. Yeah, get they in the like bathtub large dogs, yeah. and hold them, and then I'd give them to my husband. Mm-mm. Okay. One at a time. Yeah. All right, you're done. Like Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that came up on a show we were watching last night, and I just kind of, like I couldn't get behind that. I was like, I never, I don't, I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't watch like, your raw dog? dog it. No, like I would, but yeah. like not. I wouldn't like <laughs> get naked? like the, their asshole really like. I in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, I'm just feeling like they do it themselves. So it's like, you know. Oh, I use a washcloth. So I'll be like, Uh, I'll be like, you start like, you know how you're supposed to wash. You're supposed to wash your face, then your armpits, your belly, your booty hole, and your woo-woo, and then your feet. Okay. So that's what I do with them. I go and take the washcloth. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Washcloth. You were like, I can't do it without gloves or I take that washcloth and be like, (laughs) (laughs) I just do do the undercarriage. Like, "Mm." like. Just yeah. a quick little swipe. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Like it probably hit it, uh, hit it, but like we're not worried about like actually targeting it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> target. Target. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there was no slip of the knuckle involved or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> slip of the knuckle. You know, one like. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I got you. I got like, you. I was like, yeah. I never heard that one either. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, put me into, like, the time and, like, the mindset you were in where, like, you ended such a long business to do what it is that you do now. Especially with them being completely different things. Okay, so. COVID happened. Mm -hmm. And I am very respectful that COVID was horrible for a lot of people. Devastating for a lot of people. COVID was the best thing that ever happened to me, ever. It's the first time I took a break. Mm -hmm. My business was shut down. We went to the beach, and I I am not a crier at all. I'm a boy mom. I have four boys. I'd rather punch you in the face and go buy you a beer afterwards. I'm not going to cry about anything. Yeah, yeah. So we're at the beach, 
and I was under the covers and I was sobbing my heart out for three days. And my son and my husband were like, it's okay, it's okay, you're gonna reopen, you're gonna reopen. And I, I mean, I'm a talker, big, loud. Mm-hmm. I come out from under the covers and I was like, I don't want to. That's why I'm crying. They were like, you're gonna reopen, you're gonna reopen. It's like, no, more mm-hmm. please, more please. I felt like I'd been so responsible for so many people for so long and I'd I'd come to call my business pushing the same boulder up the same hill. That's energetically how it occurred for me. So it was the first time I'd stopped and I got to say, hmm, if not this, then what? Did the responsibility that you realize that you had for people also tie into because you're doing motivational speaking, correct? So that did that tie into that? Because in a way, you're still playing a role where you're responsible for people's, um, I guess, mental outcomes or what they're going through. So I feel like my life's purpose, I know why I was put here. I was put on this planet to leave people and places better than I found them. And so, it's interesting. I've been studying a lot of spiritual law for the last few years. And there's one law called the law of Dharma. Or Dharma, I believe it's Sanskrit for life's purpose. So, it was the first time I'd stopped and I realized that there's not one expression of my Dharma. There's not one expression of my life's purpose. If I'm here to two things, leave people in places better than I found them and remind people who they are, then it really doesn't matter what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. And if what I'm doing isn't isn't bringing me joy, then I'm not filling my purpose for myself. That was a big aha for me, like, Leaving me better than I found me, reminding me who I am, it became, it's like, it was like a divorce. Like, I, it was, it was no longer physically or energetically comfortable for me to stay there and do what I was doing. Hmm. It's also pretty sick, too, that like, the expression comes from like you doing something with your hands for so long and then being cut off and then like recognizing that your voice was powerful and it just like transferred to that. Yes, and I all it's funny, my mom, my mom always did my books for the salon and she would always laugh because she'd see me interacting with my clients and she'd say, Tanya, it's so funny how people think they're coming to you for a haircut. And we would laugh. We would laugh like the joke was on them. Like they think they're coming to get their hair cut. Isn't that funny? And they did, but that's not what I was doing. I just happen to be really good at hair. But that is not my love. My love is people. And my love is, oh my gosh, like I, I love that aha moment in a conversation where someone discovers something about themselves or they give their themselves permission 
or they give themselves acceptance. And it just came out of me showing up for them and them showing up for themselves. Now, I probably should have been a psychologist. In fact, my dad was a hairdresser and I was in college. I'd gone to college for fashion, moved back to Charlotte, wasn't finished with school, but there was no fashion here. So I went to school for business. My dad was a hairdresser, my mom was a banker. Both sides of my brain work. So I remember calling my father one night. I was driving home from UNCC, I was lost. I look up and I'm, I see a sign for the airport. Well, I didn't live by the airport. I went to UNCC and I lived by South Park. And I'm like, I'm, at, I'm lost, like lost, lost. And I started laughing because I always pray for neon signs. Like, don't just give me a sign. Make it neon so I don't miss it. So I see this airplane and I started laughing because I thought, <laughs> I'm trying to get the hell out of here, out of my life. Like, like where, what, what? So this was so long ago, I had a bag phone in my car. It's this big old bag with a satchel you take you in and out those? of your car. You ever seen those? No. Oh, it, I have. It's like they're, they're it's bulky. like a it's like a regular. Like, yeah, like a huge bulky phone, and it's kind of like, like a, a it looks like, a, like I was gonna say like a briefcase on those kind of yes. things. Like, okay, sort of, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I call my father, and I said, "Daddy, oh, I'm lost, lost, lost. Like I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. I think I'm gonna change my major and go to school for psychology." And my father said. The most prophetic words anyone's ever said to me in my life. You want to be a psychologist? Then you need to be a hairdresser or a bartender. And I went, well, I don't really drink. I went and enrolled in beauty school the next day. Yo, that's fire, bro. Mm -hmm. Ten months that's later, sweet. I'm on my way to my PhD in human behavior. <laughs> because it would have taken me 12 years if I'd gone to school, school. Mm -hmm. But in 10 months, I had a certificate of completion that I was allowed to touch your hair and... Pick your brain. Pick your brain. Mm -hmm. Rewire your ass. Yeah, that's like... It's extremely interesting to me, the people that I've met through her and being hairstylist. I'm like comparing it in my mind and it's nowhere near the same. But the same thing that I learned once I got to know like people who like like strippers mm -hmm. and got to know them personally yeah. and under it's like they're they're both different but the same kind of role of where people don't take them too seriously yeah. and think that that's the thing that they do is all that it is mm -hmm. when there's so much more than that it's the same thing for me with this yeah because i was not expecting this at all i yeah. i didn't want to be a hairdresser i thought hairdressers were for gay men bubblegum chewing <laughs> ding dong women and my father was a straight man, which he was, I mean, there were two women at his funeral introducing themselves as his girlfriend. Like, he was a player. So I was like, well, I don't fall into any of those categories. I thought I had too much going for me between my ears because that was kind of what society shows you what a hairdresser is. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. And now it's, 
it's artistic. You know, now you're an artist. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're we're getting more of the recognition. Like it's so funny. The other day I was talking to someone. I have been I'm writing a book. I've done some emceeing. I haven't done, you know, the motivational thing that I want to be doing yet. I'm working on that. I and I just started a, I don't even know if I told Alicia this, I just started a company with a client and friend, and we are buying the old clock tower building in Statesville to refurbish it. And it's so funny. So I, I want to get into commercial property development. But if anybody asks me, what I do for a living, I say, I'm a hairdresser. I'm a hairdresser. Well, you still still to this day? Even when I was a salon owner, I'd be like, I'm a hairdresser. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, actually, that's accurate. Right? Now thinking about it. But it's like, that's how I identify. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, mm -hmm. but it's also, I think there's huge power in being underestimated. And I think that's kind of my underestimate me, that'll be fun card. Hmm. My hairdresser. Why don't you like me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for my next I agree trick. with that, definitely, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Are you done? Never. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 um, and I can be. <laughs> um, so, one question that she had is like, do you have. Do you think that there's any tie between like having a good heart or being a good person when creating and maintaining business health? Do you think it's necessary like, and a piece to it? Succeed like success in business. Like, do you think they're yeah? Connection? I think you have to first define what success is. Right. I could have done so much better in business by society's standards if my heart wasn't as big as it is. Mm -hmm. I think my heart tripped me up in the world's... Let me rephrase that. I think my heart tripped me up in what the banker, MBA business answer of what makes a successful the corporate business. answer the corporate answer yeah i think i screwed the pooch on that one i think i absolutely because that doesn't fit it doesn't fit for them it doesn't being, fit. being raw and, and real doesn't and authentic doesn't fit that mold i so i think in that regard i was a huge failure in my business I did everything wrong if you if that's your measure of mm -hmm. success mm -hmm. because I did really crazy things like coach people out the door um, give them clientels market feed them customers 
um, when they left, I would print off their addresses and phone numbers for them. I would let them take their formulas with them. People would call the front desk when people would call the front desk when a stylist had left and they'd say, I want to make a, an appointment with Sally. Sally's no longer here. Well, the corporate answer, they would say, do you know where I can find her? The corporate answer is no. I knew where Sally was. I could probably, <laughs> I could probably see. Sally was actually probably back in my break room visiting everybody. <laughs> or I could see where Sally went from my front porch. Yeah, that reminds me a lot of myself for sure. And I'd be like, yeah, give them the number. Yeah. Give them Sally's like, number. Just tell, like, say the truth. Like, what? Yeah. Because okay. there's enough for everybody. There's enough for everybody. But that's not smart business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, it, but I'm not in the business of business. Like, I'm in the business of my dharma and my karma. And, and, and... If my purpose is to leave people in places better than I found them, how am I serving that purpose trying to starve them when they choose not to work for me anymore? And you know, now that now that my salon is not on East Boulevard anymore, I look around the landscape and I go, "Wow. I grew a lot of hairdressers." Like, you know, if this was a family tree, you know, and if it's all about how many branches are on your family tree and how many people are in your family and it just grows and grows and grows, like, there's no telling. There's no telling the impact I've had on the industry, which I really don't even care about the industry. I care about the people. Yeah. Yeah, that's fire, sure. So, I mean, to like answer the question, it's... um. No, I was not a success in business. Yes, my big heart got in the way of that. Yeah, okay. And Reframe, I was probably one of the most successful salon owners in the history of ever. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think... Like, I agree with that. I agree with that. No, seriously. I see where you say that you were unsuccessful, but I don't... I don't... I think you won, like... Thank you. In, in one sense, maybe, but then... Perspective, sure. perspective, right? So the perspective of the fact that you, the amount of people that you've impacted, because you impacted me, I impact Sydney, I impact Dorian. Whoever, yeah, like Dorian, yes. and they're still not, they're not even in your life anymore, really weren't even receptive to what you were trying to teach them no. anyway, but they can receive it from it me. It trickled down. It, the, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. You're never a prophet in your own land. You know, it t- like, I could tell Alicia something, and Alicia then... I could tell the same person something, but they can hear it from Alicia. Right. Versus you. From yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Damn, guys. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing there, Martian? I'm doing great. <laughs> you, talk, you talk about the hot seat when you walked in. I'm the one in the hot seat. Like, what the fuck? So you're familiar with the term big dick energy, right? Yes. I think so, I have that. Okay, rumor rumor has it you do, yeah. And then rumor has it. And then also that you kind of like own a room when you're in it. And I'm experiencing that for sure. Oh wow, thank yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. 
how do you tie that to your mastery and self-awareness if, if you've mastered it at all? So, I haven't mastered shit. I'm definitely at my own starting line. Um, I learned a lot from my father. My father had big dick energy. I mean, he was a player. Two women at his funeral when he died. Mm-hmm. Metaphorically and literally. Right? Li- literally, <laughs> actually, two women at his funeral. Yeah, yeah. So... I learned so much from my father, and a lot of what I learned from my father was what not to do, which is just as valuable. I used to say that there was only enough oxygen in the room for my father to breathe. And I worked for him, and I said there was only enough room for one star to shine when my father was around. And I, I understand the power that I have. And I feel like there's, in my presence, there is as much room for as many stars as there are people willing to shine. Like, come on, you got this. Mm-hmm. So, my, I mean, I was, my father was so narcissistic. It was all about him. And I just, I don't know, it's like I... I feel like I mined the gold from that, like watching him. Like, it's fun to command a room, but it's fun to include everybody in the room. It's more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. How do you tie what you just said a second ago with, like, being a star in the room to when you're in a relationship with somebody and you're both that kind of star in your own way? It's interesting because what I learned from my mother was to give my power away to men. So my mom is very, when she's in a relationship, it's all about that person, the other person. Hence, married my father, it's all about him. Mm -hmm. They were a perfect match in their wound, in their woundology. So if anything, when I'm in a committed relationship, I have to constantly remind myself and the other person that it's not all about them. I mean, I just had to come to Jesus with my husband about six weeks ago where I was like, I'm not happy here. I'm not happy here. And I, it's funny, I, I've told my husband this. I think that a woman has made up her mind one full year before she opens up her mouth to tell a man she's not happy. And by then, the poor son of a bitch doesn't know what hit him. I think she's made up her mind, grieved it, gotten over it, and is ready for the door to hit him in the ass by the time she says, Yo, that's a fucking fact, bro. For sure. Yeah, before she says, I might not be happy. Damn. So we have this thing at our house where I tell my husband, I don't think I'm happy. I remember on our, the day before our fourth anniversary, I said, you know my belief that my little tenant, my mantra that women don't open their mouth up for one full year? Well, tomorrow's our fourth anniversary 
And if you want to celebrate our fifth one, we got some work to do. So I put my husband on notice one day before the year. I'm not going to be okay. So I give him a little. One day. <laughs> one day. I give him 300. Tomorrow, I give him day, 366 though. days That's notice. Great. Because <laughs> I know myself and I know that I'm getting ready to go down a path that I don't want to go down. Like I want to be with him. So. But like you seem to be intelligible enough to know somewhere within that year that it, and like you know it's coming. So yeah. then what's stopping you from letting any, it come? No, like any anytime sooner saying something. Like why let it go that that length? I, no, I think I think I do tell him sooner. I think that is me going, hey, dude. I'm starting to have these thoughts. Yeah. Like I told him, I told him a couple months ago, I said, I don't like what I'm thinking. Yeah. I like don't it like. It starts. It starts here. It right? starts so, there. Yeah. Like, I, like, okay, you want to know the definition of invisible? A 55-year-old chubby white woman who's taking care of everybody else and not herself. So I was feeling really invisible. Hmm. And I was like, hey, I don't like how I'm feeling. I'm feeling invisible. I'm feeling invisible to myself. And I'm feeling invisible to the world. And now I realize I'm feeling invisible to you. So, I know I need to see me, but I need you to see me too. This is what my husband says. He says, my God. You are high maintenance in ways I didn't even know was possible. He goes, why can't I just buy you a piece of jewelry? <laughs> he yeah. did. I said, and that's a man. Yeah, right. I said, like, that's I, how they function yeah, he's typically. like, you demand that I be in a relationship with you. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah, like a very, not just physical, not just, it's mental, it's yeah. spiritual, it's I exhaust mind, me. body, and soul. Yeah. Right? yeah. But otherwise, I could just be by myself, right? If you're not going to see me when I'm sitting here. You can see yourself, yeah. It's like, why? Why are you yeah. going through it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go to, like, um, like, any forums at all? For the kind of thing that you got into in motivational speaking? Have you ever heard of Landmark? I did Landmark forum. You did Landmark? Same. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Tons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, you've done it multiple times? So, I did... No, but I did... Level two, I did Tuesday nights when I back, I mean, okay, my son will be 29 in September, and I did my first forum will be this year, December 7th, 30 years ago. Damn. I did the first, my, my first forum. My father... Landmark, though? Landmark. For, oh, landmark. Man, I didn't know it was around that long. No, honey. My daddy did the forum mm-hmm. in the 70s. It was called EST. Hmm. Werner Earhart. You can Google it. Werner Earhart EST. And Landmark now is like... Um, Kool-Aid. And EST was like... 
rot gut moonshine. Like it was rough. It mm -hmm. was, they would put, my daddy said they would, they wouldn't give you bathroom breaks. Damn, bro. People were like throwing up in the trash can in the corner. And I mean, they just kept after you, kept after you, kept after you. I love the forum. In fact, my mm -hmm. husband's done the forum. Mm -hmm. He did the, we did the forum when we were married to other people. Okay, I was about to ask if, if it was well into you guys being together. It so. was, um, we both did it. I did it with my first husband. He did it with his wife. at my, They did it at my suggestion. Um, I did this landmark, the second one. And back then they'd have Tuesday night, um, Tuesday night seminars. Mm -hmm. And there'd be, one would be about money, one would be about relationship. They'd have different ones. Yeah. And then my first husband actually did the six-month program that was to be a forum leader. Mm -hmm. And we ended up splitting up, and I think he found Jesus instead of the forum and quit with all that. Hmm. I love the forum. When did you, or when, I did love Landmark. When did you do it? Um, this was back in, I want to say, like, 2016 or 17. Amazing. A while ago, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely want to do it again. I wish that I had by now. Yeah, like, Definitely talk about necessary. unseeing something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? That's just, it's in you, like, forever. You can't, yeah, it's wild. So I feel like I need to do this. You. Sure. I don't even know what this is. One thousand percent. One thousand bajillion percent. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially <laughs> at this, this point oh. in my life, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, I can look at my husband and say, oh my gosh, you are so on it. And he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, or... And that's what I was going to ask, is like how, what that looks like for two people that have gone to it in a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, for us, I think that well my husband fights everything he resists everything but I know that he knows what I'm talking about when I say things like that mm -hmm. he gets it you know when we talk about um, I mean I'm sure so much has changed but like they talk about your racket mm -hmm. and the racket Alicia is like everyone has strengths mm -hmm. and it's like your shadow side flip mm -hmm. side of the same coin like you could say I'm very I'm a very helpful person I help people mm -hmm. right well the flip side of that is I can be a martyr mm. I have to do everything I built these people up they left me Blah blah blah. That's the martyr. Okay, that makes all That's, the sense. Uh, right. To the that just flips the flip. Up. Yeah. And the and your racket is when you're living out of that shadow side. Mm. Okay. Okay. But they go on further and break it down to there's with every behavior that you have, there's a cost and there's a payoff. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I'm being the martyr. The cost is, people don't want to be around me and hear that bullshit. The cost is, I kind of wall myself up where I'm doing it alone. 
the cost is I'm exhausted, I'm resentful, I don't have energy for my life, hate everybody, everybody hates me, you know, wham, 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 right. wham, wham, wham. And it, the list does go on. The payoff is usually one of just a few things. Mm -hmm. The payoff is, they say, once your, your human basic needs are met, food, clothing, shelter, water, air, mm -hmm. human beings will fight to the death for two things. To look good or to be right. I've heard this before and yeah, okay. Probably from my sense. ass in the break. I know, I'm like trying to remember and I'm, yeah. There's there's certain other terminologies. They probably that, do that something time. different now. Yeah. No, it, it still was rackets when I went through it, but there's there's other terminology that still it still has the same base. I feel like I've heard of like some other podcast or something. Once you go like further, further down that line, yeah. 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 But for that makes all the sense to me. I haven't heard this in so long. It's good. So the payoff is, and most people, and when you say look good, like look good now, is that like, oh my gosh, look at her. Look how hard she does for people. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Somebody else screwed her over again. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh, she's so great. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Or you get to be right about people. I know that I'm going to end up having to do everything. I know. Wah, 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 wah. Mm -hmm. And what's great on the other side of that, and I, <laughs> I always remind myself, and I this is part of like talking to my husband, is I'll go, you're right, man. You're right. Wouldn't you rather be happy? <laughs> like, like I'd rather right. be, happy. be happy. I'd rather be. I think be, that's something you've told me before. I mean, sometimes you can be both. You, sometimes, right, right, right. It's but I'm always going to choose happy. Yeah, that's a fact. That's, that is, yeah, that's definitely something that... I, um, and that's, like, really recent, like, to be a fact in my life. Like, I, I've been very aware of that, like, I've been wondering why it is that I've been as happy as I have been mm -hmm. in, like, the climax of me going through a, a long, hard time in life right now mm -hmm. for, like, the past six months to a year, but I'm still, like, super happy. And I just, like, you say that just connected it all. It's like, I guess, like, in my subconscious, I'm just choosing to continue to be happy no matter what I'm going through. Yeah. So I'm just, like, I've just been good. Did they? Because I've done the other side of it. Like, I've done the other side of, like, playing the victim and going through all the depression of it. So now I'm just, like, on the happy end. Right. Yeah. So did they do that? Did they do that exercise in the forum in Landmark with chocolate or vanilla? No. So it's like chocolate or vanilla. Chocolate. Why? Because chocolate or vanilla. I choose chocolate. Why? Chocolate or vanilla. Is you, this where, the, I think so, where you they go further down the line of asking you why over and over again yes. until you get to the earliest point in your childhood where you come, where you come uh, to understand why. That's what you're speaking to? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I went through that. I actually was thinking about that while you were talking. I was going to bring that up. Go That's probably it. my favorite one. My All favorite right, one. Speak yeah. to that. Um, what came up for you when I was talking? Um, 
No, not not a specific one for me. Just the just the actual the ex- the, exercise. The, yeah, the exercise. Yeah. yeah, not a specific one. Um, but that's just that was the one that I took the most from from the forum for sure. And do you get to the point where you're like, I choose chocolate because I choose chocolate. Like, yeah, like if we place so much meaning on everything. Oh, that just like connected for me like a hundred, like just Mm -hmm. in that very moment Mm -hmm. when you say, I just choose chocolate, like I choose it. But you go through all of these things in your mind first to just ultimately like, Need and the most powerful yeah, thing I, re- I remember too when um when I was going through that where the, the forum leader like told everybody listening that like all of their their families and their kids actually don't matter at all to connect that everything, like, everything is, is meaningless, meaningless and useless and, and everything is meaningless and useless yeah yeah, yeah. Everything is meaningless. Blew my and mind, and everybody's reaction to that in the audience was just like, "What do you mean? Like my kids are meaningless and useless?" But then the way that she brought it back and connected it was one that everybody was like, "Wow, like yeah." Everything is powerful. meaningless and useless. Everything mm-hmm. is meaningless and useless. So if you think about it, we human beings are just meaning-making machines. <laughs> That's all we're doing all day. Yeah, and to that point, like something that. And maybe, I don't know, you picked it up from this, but like, I was having a hard time when I first got into this apartment and I was like, I don't want to go back home. I like, like I was like over at Dorian's and I was like, oh, I was, I was on my way back home and I was texting and I was like, I just, I know this is like not, I know this is so materialistic and little bit, I just don't feel good. Like I, it feels lonely in this apartment because it was just an air mattress and it was just like, I didn't have anything other than that. Right. And he was like, you know, we give meaning these those are just things we give those people give meaning to those things Mm -hmm. and it was like such a like light bulb for me this is where i pulled that from yeah Mm -hmm. and i and i was like and then it was kind of like once i had that understanding i was like you know what that makes so much sense you're right like and i was like good you know right then you walked in here and and i was like saw it as your freedom yes yeah a hundred percent yeah and and i was like running around doing what i could you know with what i could and it was like super happy about it just like being grateful for having this apartment and having the air mattress and have you know just grateful honestly instead of going i have to get new things because i left my life you then made it mean i get to get new things exactly i get to get new things without anyone else's opinion or agenda Mm -hmm. yeah i get to put so that's what they mean by everything is meaningless and everything is useless. It's mm-hmm. like, so that also, like law of polarity, mm-hmm. it creates the space for you to choose what is meaningful and what wow. matters. Yeah, that's powerful, for sure. Yeah. Like when I was first dating my husband, he would get mad because he would say, you don't need me. Because I was so busy trying to be all independent because I'd seen what getting your power away looked like. Mm -hmm. So I was like swinging the other way, being uber independent. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling him, I don't need you, but I want you. Mm -hmm. And if I'm choosing you, and that's landmark Mm -hmm. speech, if I'm choosing you, that's more powerful. Because if I'm here because I need you, once I no longer need you, I'm out of here. 
Right. Bye, bitches. Right? right? Mm-hmm. But it's the power of our choice. And choice is our greatest power. Mm. Our greatest power is our power to choose. I choose sleeping on my air mattress and I get to sleep in the middle of it like a starfish <laughs> by myself <laughs> and not make room for anybody right, else. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can put the thermostat on what I want to put it on. Like the smallest things to be mm-hmm. grateful for is... Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. So something that came up um, the past day or two while we were talking is like, the fact that people sometimes recognize that they've lived multiple lives Amen. once you've come to a certain age, like once you're old enough. And then I just kind of tied it to the engineering of everybody thinking or saying that we only live once. And it's such a, I feel like it's a mass lie that everybody's being told because when people actually do go through enough, it's like, oh, I've lived multiple lives. You're not actually living one. Okay, so can I... Can I suggest a reframe on the only live once? Mm -hmm. What if we do only live once? A continuum. Is it in continuum? A continuum. continuum. Like, Like, hey, maybe we do just live once. For all of eternity. The infinity. Hmm. So, you know, and where that comes, and I don't even know if it really says it in the Bible, but I know a lot of times Christians tell like, oh, Mm -hmm. you only live once, you only live once, you only live once. And I remember my ex-husband's born again, and and I remember he called me and basically tried to save me. He wanted to make sure that the mother of his child didn't go to hell. And I said, okay, well, I have a question. I said, you did an altar call because you had that Holy Spirit feeling, right? And he said, yes. I said, well, I've had that too, and it was very real and very strong. I said, I've also had very real past life memories. So which one was real? Hmm. They both felt real to me. And he said, well, I said, where in your belief system is there room in your belief system for both of those things to coexist? And he said, no. He said, you only live once. And I said, I agree. And we play out many lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I live once. I'm an, in, I'm an infinite being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's like, and that reminds me of this book that she had me read, like, um, Quantum Love, if you're ever read it. No? That would be a good one for you. Okay. Yeah, it, it pretty much the author like kind of figured out how to tie together quantum physics with relationships and cool. like all of our energy and uh, things like that and wielding them in different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's just that's what I got from that because like literally like yeah, you're right. We do only live once, but infinitely. Yeah. Because right. our energy stays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So when <laughs> somebody says you only live once, be like, yeah, you get it. You know that's not their definition or interpretation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to know how you win any argument? Mm -hmm. Say you're right. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. What's that in the you're right, dirt? You're right, but you're right, man. Mm -hmm. But but, uh, uh, you're right. Yeah. 
So next time the, somebody tells you. Literally, it's just going to just keep going farther <laughs> in the dirt yeah. at that point. Yeah. My version of that used to be okay. I just, I used to just end with okay. Yeah, but yeah. Your rights were powerful, isn't it? They can't yeah, now it's sure. Way more powerful. Sure. sure. No, it is kind of yeah. sure. Now it's sure. <laughs> you can argue with sure, though, can't you? <laughs> no, I don't yeah. think I can. <laughs> okay, sure then. Sure. Okay, sure. Oh, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do love. I do love past life stuff. Yeah, you've always been big on that. Oh yeah. my gosh, I had. Have you ever had past life memories? I was gonna say like if I have, I haven't been present to them. I don't. I don't yeah. know that that have happened. I. Yeah. How do you know? Like I want to know. Like. My, and is this while you're awake, or is this in your oh, dreams? Oh, like? I was shampooing somebody's hair. So I worked at a salon. I was twenty-three years old, and I was an assistant at a salon. So this is thirty-two years ago. And I was assisting this man and one of the male hairdressers. And one of the female hairdressers was running behind. But she had an assistant, but for whatever reason, her assistant was doing something. So she said, Tanya, would you grab my next client and shampoo her hair? Sure. Went and grabbed the woman. How are you doing today? The lady said, I have had a migraine headache. I've been in bed in the dark. For three days, I started to cancel my appointment. My head hurt so bad. I said, well, come with me. We'll wash that headache right out of your hair. Get her back in the shampoo bowl. And I start shampooing her hair. And in my, not out loud, but in my mind, I said, and I don't know why, I'd never said this before. I said, Lord, God, universe, whoever's listening, whatever's listening, please use me as a vessel to flow your positive energy through me to flush out the negative energy causing this woman's headache. Don't know why I thought that. Okay, I come from, my father was raised in Charleston. They are a very musical family. They all sing. I cannot sing. I can dance my ass off, but I've got rhythm, but no musical voice. So I'm standing there shampooing this woman's hair, and I feel electricity come through my hands. And all of a sudden, I'm standing there, but it's like time collapsed. Have you, when, when you dream, you know how sometimes when you dream you can see through your eyes, but then sometimes you're the witness up there, bird's eye view watching mm-hmm. it happen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Both those things happened at the same time. Okay. I'm, I'm shampooing her hair, but time collapses and I am singing the most soulful song and I've always said that if I could sing I would sound like the biggest blackest gospel singer that, <laughs> that, that like I like that's what my voice sounds like in, right. in my in, yeah, inside yeah. me mm-hmm. five one 147 Lily white <laughs> right but I'm 
I'm stand. I see. I look down. I'm dark. I'm holding a basket of linens, and I'm singing some gospel song I've never heard before. And I look in the distance, and I can see a shack. But the only shacks I've ever seen as Tanya are gray and run down. I could smell the wood like this. It was a new, it was tan, it was fresh. I could smell the wood from it. I'm walking through the grass singing and I'm, and then Tanya's standing there shampooing this woman's hair and I feel like I'm gonna start speaking in tongues. Like I'm wanting to sing. And I'm like, like clamping my jaw shut. And whew, it was gone. And the woman's eyes fly open. And she said, did you feel that? And I said, did, did you feel that? And she said, I don't know what you just did to me, but my headache is completely gone. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, bro. And, and she sat up and she's like, she's like, you need to get this girl to shampoo your hair. You know, I was like, and I'm sitting there thinking, what? Like, was that, did that just really happen? Yeah. Yeah. But it was as real. If it goes down like that, then I don't think I've ever had that happen to me. I don't know. Yeah, which I think. Because I think I would remember that for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like like, to your point, you were like, I don't know if I've ever been present. Like if I have, I've not been present to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that I could, I have to do a lot of like deep investigating in myself because I feel like there are probably moments I just wasn't present during it to them. I wasn't. I was like, okay, that was weird. You know, just like yeah. a thought, like random thought thinking, but not being present to the fact that it could have been that. Yeah. I think we travel together. I think that's why you are immediately repulsed by some people. Mm-hmm. I think it's why you are immediately connected to some people. Mm-hmm. So when, that happened when I was 23. When I was 28... I got this book called The Light Worker's Way. Your memory's great, bro. You just can go back to it's, your 20s or that. She like, literally, like, archives. Like the, like, yeah, literally, it's like brain. archives for sure. <laughs> you hear me pull this out July 13th? Yes. <laughs> so I read this book called The Light Worker's Way. And it's, it's about being a light worker and a healer, but it's about past lives. Mm-hmm. and accessing that. So there is, I don't know if it's still around, it's called the Light Institute in Galistea, New Mexico. So I got information. I was 28 years old. I had a 13-month-old baby. I was separated. I'd never done anything by myself. Never even been to the movie theater by myself. I took a week-long trip out to New Mexico by myself and went to this institute and you do past life regression work hmm. and it was fascinating <coughs> so fascinating so you can tap into this you yes can, you can find the education too yes so hmm. so well, I'll help you find it and see if it's still there yeah. and what I did is you have a facilitator and you I picked this woman, her name was, it's funny, 
I tried calling, I tried calling two different numbers on this list and it didn't, for whatever reason, it wouldn't connect. So I sat and I just looked at the list and this Pat jumped up and that's my mom's name. I thought, I'm going to call Pat. Mm-hmm. So I called Pat, we set it up, went out there and you talk to her then you lie on this massage table and she just does like I think she works on your chakras little energy work and then she asks Mm -hmm. for your higher self to show you what you need to know so what you do it's so fascinating you it's about your parents so you ask your father's higher self, your higher self and your father's higher self to show you a lifetime your father needs to complete with you, a lifetime you need to complete with your father, and a lifetime you are in harmony with each other. Does it have to be your father? Then it's your mother. Okay. Then day two, I happened to mention that I had been raised by a stepfather and she goes, Oh God, we need to do that. We need to do him too. So she lays there. So even if you were adopted and didn't know your parents, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because it, yeah. it's soul work, mm. right? So I am the kind of person when my son was little, and I'd put him in bed. He goes, "Mom, tell me a story," and I'd go. Um, okay, his name's Porter. And I'd say, okay, there's this boy, and his name was Porter. Yeah, his name's Porter. And he'd go, Mom, you suck at this. Just read me a book. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a great storyteller, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a great make-up a story to tell you. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. So you're lying there. It was the craziest thing. She says, what do you see? And it's like a movie starts in your head and I'm telling her everything that's going on. And I'm using words and phrases that aren't like me to use. Hmm. So in that session, the lifetime that I was shown that I was in harmony with my father, we were slaves in Charleston and I was that woman and I did the laundry. The woman that I had seen five years earlier when I was washing that lady's hair. And my husband was my father in this lifetime and he took care of the horses. And for whatever reason, wherever we were, I think we were in Charleston, very rare we got to stay together as a family and we raised our children and we weren't, we were, this sounds really fucked up to say, but as I'm telling her this, I'm going, we were one of the fortunate ones. We got to stay together. You know, I'm from my perspective telling her this, I'm telling her how lucky I am that my husband and I met, married, had children, raised them. He died. I'm lying on this mattress. It's prickly. It's got hay in it. And I am surrounding, surrounded by our children. 
and I see him in the corner and I said, your father's here to take me home. Meaning to pass. Mm -hmm. That's not something, that's not, those aren't words I would use. Uh, never. Mm. Yo, fuck man. Okay, so this is opening up a can of worms and this is another podcast. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I kind of giggle about reparations. Yo, <laughs> me too. Because I me go, because too. I go, yo, that's I, wild. I was having like, this conversation recently. Like, I think maybe I need reparations because I was in Charleston on a plantation in the. Whenever the hell that was. <laughs> like, yeah, like talk about sure. a reframe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, man. So I kind of, like, so this is crazy. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. What if the, what if the black people wanting rapper, reparations now? Now this is fucked up and not going to sound popular. What if reframe here? Mm -hmm. What if the black people wanting rape reparations now were greedy white slave owners back then? They got pissed off that they had to free their slaves. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even I don't even do drugs or smoke pot. Like, like this is all natural sober like, like and I don't and I don't mean in any way to be disrespectful whoa, no, to anybody no, no, getting no, reparations no absolutely but, I, I, but I hear where you're coming from based on the reframe and like yeah like what and them but what, it, that yeah. it makes you think though if like it's like it would be a cool social experiment if like, if we could know like yeah if like, <laughs> or like let's say like, like a hundred black people went under the same thing that you did in same education and trying to connect with past lives like what would our past lives be? We don't even know because most of us are not even in tune with that. Yes, I just got major well, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Bro. but what yeah, if so. what if I'm the black man yelling for reparations now, and I go under, and I'm this bitter white guy that just had to free my slaves, and I'm sitting there, and I make a vow, I make a vow, somebody's gonna pay for this. Whether that be inwardly or outwardly, like That's it's wild, a thought, dude. right? Yeah. Somebody's gonna pay for this. That's crazy. Damn well, there's there were a bunch of thoughts like that going yeah. on. And now, two hundred years later, what's the chance? Somebody's gonna pay for this. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. That's like a you that's just, a baseline for a show or something. Like. <laughs> you just got to see what goes on inside my brain. That's awesome. Yeah. So, that so, so I'm sorry, That's and you're great. welcome. Right, yeah, it's more like you're welcome. I knew, like, Whoa. you guys would click. I knew you guys would click, 100%. Like, yeah. what if, like, what if? And then it makes sense, because, like, um, I don't meet very many people that have done Landmark, but when I do meet them, I know that it's happened. Instant. Instant, yeah. And then when I bring it up, they're like, oh, shit. And I'm like, yeah, because yeah. I, I can tell. And then immediately, yeah. like, there's a sense of, like, Understanding that no one else really has. It's like she us. was saying earlier, but like we're all together, but like yeah. in a different sense. Like we yeah, just yeah. people have gone through the form. Like just we just recognize. It's like we're on each other's radar. It's yeah. like it changes your vibration. <clears throat> mm -hmm. You're. Yeah. It's almost like I think of everything as energy, and it's like dials on a radio, 
or a dog whistle. Like you and I hear the dog whistle. We go, did you hear that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we did Landmark. Mm-hmm. Hear that Landmark whistle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure, man. Fuck, dude. Like, I wish we could go, like, another two hours, bro. Well, we can. We can do, we can do another. Can do. We can definitely set up another session. Heck, here. yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, there's sure. so much to unpack. Isn't that like cool? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and especially now that you guys have connected, I feel like, the connections just make for that much. It'll more be instant. Yeah, yeah, like the next time you guys meet, it's gonna be like, yeah. like how we are, you know. <laughs> okay, have you ever read Many Lives, Many Masters by no. Brian Weiss? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a trip. I think it's W E I S S maybe. Okay, this is a psychologist or psychotherapist. I want to say he's in Miami. He's Jewish. He was working, I want to say the patient was like, I think her name was Catherine, Catherine, Catherine Elizabeth. Anyway, he's working with this woman about her issues, and he decides to try hypnotherapy. He's been learning hypnotherapy. So he's taking her back, like, you know, everything's like, when's when's the first time you remember that? Remember, like, and then I'm like, what's the last time someone made you feel that way? What was the time before that somebody made you feel that way? It was the yeah. time before that. It was time for that. Time before that. Mm-hmm. She saw herself sitting on the steps in Greece of a building with columns on it, and she had a braid in her hair and sandals on. He's Jewish. I think she was Catholic. There was no room in their belief system for past life. Mm. But under hypnotherapy and him working with her, when he kept saying, what's the time before that? What's the time before that? What's the time before that? It took her to a past life. There's, Mm. like, I see how that went there, but damn, to think that that's even possible. The hypnotherapy stuff. To think that that's even possible. That you can go that far back. Like, yeah. Yeah, and and under hypnotherapy, like, how do we feel about that? Like, I've always been a little bit like skeptical of it, but like I'm I'm learning more. Like now, and I'm here for it. I, no, I'm here for it. It's not like I'm against it. It's just more of like, it's crazy. But th- I don't know. It's just like a mm-hmm. little bit like mind fucking to me. Well, <laughs> that's because you've had your mind fucked with. Probably right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the yeah. thought of the thought of giving your Power to power to someone to to dive into my most inner deeper thoughts. Yeah, is yeah that would make sense. Why it's scary to me. Or right, like, of course. Like you'd have to trust the person. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Where we're, Martian like and I thing. are like we're here for. What planet? planet are you taking us to? <laughs> for sure. Unwrap my brain, please. Hey, you want to get in here with me? There's room. You know. <laughs> Like where, like some people have split personalities. I've got like so much going on in there. I could probably use an extra personality in there. Yeah, yeah for sure, definitely do. I love that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I was gonna say like like what you just said is like you you've never like dabbled in, in any kind of like drugs at all. No, no um, I all. smoked pot in high school. The last time I smoked pot, I was nineteen, and you know how. In old films like Charlie Chaplin, they put the 
the old black and white silent films mm-hmm. don't fit on the projector, so everything's real jerky and the mm-hmm. lights flash. Mm-hmm. That's what life looks like to me. So what I was about to say is perfect because, like, not that I'm, I'm connecting it to the reason why it is that any of this or my mind is like that, but to what you just said about, like, facing those deeper thoughts, mm-hmm. that's what I've been trying to describe to you that, like, what acid is like when you do it. So, I wonder if I had acid in the weed I smoked because the last time uh, I made a pact with God, if I lived to tell about it, I'd never do it again. Mm-hmm. I'm, still, that. I'm still here mm-hmm. and I was 19. And I'm 55, wow. so yeah. no, I can I even take, I take a leave if my head hurts. Yeah, I don't eat, I don't like, um, it's like my least favorite thing to do whenever I do do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have much of an issue with many other things, mm-hmm. but that one specifically, and the way that you just described it with the projector, for me, when I do that drug, it's like, it's like the way the grooves, this is the way that I always explain this, the grooves, I think I've told you this. I think so, yeah. The grooves on the water bottle cap. How they fit perfectly uh-huh. to the grooves yes. on the bottle. Yeah. When my like my mental, my mind is on acid, it's like you turned the cap like the grooves jagged. The threads, the and threads it doesn't and it doesn't groove back it doesn't go back onto the bottle yeah. cap because it's jagged. That's how So I'd so, suggest yeah. not doing that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah, I've had enough for sure. No. Only, only only try this like three times. Because each time I try it, I'm like, all right, let me see if this is going to be what's like this What's the big deal? Again. What's the big deal? Everybody loves this. Everybody loves it. Yeah. But, but, no, yeah. for me personally, I'm I'm in tune with my own mind and that I'm going through this each time. Yeah. So each time I try it again, I'm trying to figure out if I can beat this right. in <laughs> my mind and if this is going to happen again. Yeah. The answer's no. And the answer's no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Because so every time I do it again, I'm like, fuck, man, I'm going through this again. And I cannot, like, get yeah. it. I can't, like, you can't shut it. it. You can't yeah. shut that off at all. But it's like the, what do, you, what do you call that stuff that they do in, like, the woods and, like, the ayahuasca? Oh, the mushrooms. The no. Well, mushrooms, too. Ashwagandha. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's like stuff you drink. Those, like, you know, a lot of, like. It, it may be that. Is it ayahuasca? Maybe. Why do I, I, I want to say. You're asking the non druggy I know. Well, you're, like, you're, it's like this. You're talking it's, about it's the thing trip. that I guess, yeah, they, they go on like a, they go to sleep like, or something and they go like a well, spiritual no, it's like they, I think they like, like, like literally that. like throw up. They might go to sleep. I don't know. I think it affects everyone differently, but it is something that if you're, you wouldn't want to do in like necessary. I mean, I don't know, depending. Like about DMT? I don't know. No, I don't know. It's, it's like something, something you wouldn't want to do if you're going necessarily through a hard time. It's or, something you take to go on like your spiritual yeah, journey. Like you see your yeah. innermost yeah. demons like mm-hmm. or your innermost your gods about. or like yes. what you know, it's like you you really see a different perspective of, of your inner self. Yeah. And it can share, scare the shit out of you for the better yes. or it can scare the shit out of you for the worse. But like yes. either way, it's a very spiritual yeah. um experience that you can connect to life and people really like, it's like they will never be the same. Yeah. You come out profoundly different. Yeah. Profoundly different. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. My person is going to be to my house in seven minutes. What are you doing again? What was it? Uh, Take the mic off. (laughs) 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 You were like, no, you want to say bye bye to everybody? (laughs) Yeah. Bye everybody. Let's wrap up. (laughs) All right guys, we're out of here. We are out of time. Love you. Peace.